Pour out your spirit on us, O God. With your word and likeness, open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts so that we may live in hope through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, perhaps you remember way back in that presidential election campaign of 2004, one of the people running for president announced that as the race moved down to the southern primaries, he was going to talk a lot more about his faith. So one of those smart aleck reporters asked him what was his favorite book in the New Testament, and you know what he said? Job. <laughs> well, many people don't know much more about the Old Testament book of Job than poor old Howard Dean. For example, if I were giving you a Bible test and it had some fill-in-the-blank questions, and the question was, the patience of blank, most people would fill in Job. Well, there's a New Testament reason for that. The fifth chapter of James, 11th verse, refers to the patience of Job. But if you read the 42 chapters of the book of Job, you may not see him as a patient person. Articulate, angry, aggrieved, frustrated, yes. But patient, not so much. Today's readings are from the 22nd and 23rd chapters of Job. So let me tell you where we are in that, that ancient story that is still amazing. The first two verses of the book tell us, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Job is a good man but he loses his sons and daughters, his servants, his sheep, but not his faith. Job says, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Then Job was afflicted with what the Bible says were loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And his wife gives him some advice. She tells him to curse God and die. But he doesn't. Well, three of his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. I know we don't know anybody with names like that now. In fact, they're not even Hebrew names. Go figure. For neither is Job. Well, these three friends come to console and comfort Job. Well, you know, when you're hurting, when you have trouble, what a wonderful blessing it is to have friends and family come to comfort and console you. So many times as a psychologist, I worked with people who, when they lost their vision or had other emotional, financial, medical, or social earthquakes in their lives, they felt abandoned by their friends and family. But Job had three friends come to visit to console and comfort him. And when they arrived, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar did an amazing thing. 
we read that they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one, no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. So often when tragic law strikes, we're, we're at a loss for words, but that doesn't stop us from saying the wrong thing. And if you've been through tragic loss, somebody said, I know exactly how you feel. No, they don't. They think they do, but they don't. But Job's three friends, they just sat in silence for a week. Well, that much of the story of Job, those first two chapters were written in prose, and then the next 40 chapters are dialogues written in poetry in three cycles. Job speaks and his friends reply until God speaks to Job in the 40th chapter or so. Today I've asked Sarah to read to us from the 22nd chapter of Job so you'll have a feel for the discussion they were having and listen for the 10 questions Eliphaz asked his friend Job. Our first reading is from the 22nd chapter of Job. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered, Can a mortal be of use to God? Can even the wisest be of service to him? Is it any pleasure to the Almighty if you are righteous, or is it gain to him if you make your ways blameless? Is it for your piety that he reproves you and enters into judgment with you? Is not your wickedness great? There is no end to your iniquities, for you have exacted pledges from your family for no reason and stripped the naked of their clothing. You have given no water to the weary to drink, and you have withheld bread from the hungry. The powerful possess the land, and the favored live in it. You have sent widows away empty-handed, and the arms of the orphan you have crushed. Therefore, snares are around you, and sudden terror overwhelms you or darkness, so that you cannot see. A flood of waters covers you. Is not God high in the heavens? See the highest stars, how lofty they are. Therefore, you say, what does God know? Can he judge through the deep darkness? Thick clouds enwrap him, so that he does not see, and he walks on the dome of heaven. Will you keep to the old way that the wicked have trod? They were snatched away before their time. Their foundation was washed away by a flood. They said to God, leave us alone, and what can the Almighty do to us? Yet he filled their houses with good things, but the plans of the wicked are repugnant to me. The righteous see it and are glad, and the innocent laugh them to scorn, saying, surely our adversaries are cut off, and what they left the fire has consumed. Agree with God and be at peace. In this way, good will come to you. Receive instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove unrighteousness from your tents, if you treat gold like dust and the gold of Ophir like the stones of the torrent bed, and if the Almighty is your gold and your precious silver, then you will delight yourself in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will pray to him, and he will hear you, and you will pay your vows. 
You will decide on a matter, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. When others are humiliated, you say it is pride, for he saves the humble. He will deliver even those who are guilty. They will escape because of the cleanness of your hands. So now from the 22nd chapter of the book of Job, we hear Job's response. Then Job answered, Today also my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Oh, that I, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his dwelling. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, but he would give heed to me. There an upright person could reason with him, and I should be acquitted forever by my judge. If I go forward, he is not there, or backward, I cannot perceive him. On the left, he hides, and I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. If only I could vanish in darkness, and thick darkness would cover my face. And then that one verse from the 22nd Psalm, actually two verses that Johnny read to us earlier. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Harvard professor Harvey Koch writes that the person we meet in the book of Job, Job the man, is he anything but patient? He's irritable insolent and provocative, he might better be described as impatient. Wait, if you think about it, Job has good reason to be upset and to protest life's unfairness. He lost what mattered most to him, his children, seven sons and three daughters, his wealth, thousands of camels and sheep, and his health. He had reason to be angry, to feel cheated, to feel life had not treated him fairly. Well, he had reason if you believe in the doctrine of retribution, that is, that good people are blessed and bad people are punished. Well, most of us would agree that good decisions should lead to good consequences and bad decisions should lead to bad consequences, at least or other people. If we made the bad decisions, though, we usually feel, well, we had a special reason, a good reason, a good excuse. And the Lord ought to cut us a little slack. We ought to get a little pass on some of our bad choices. We should be granted extra grace. 
Well, good decisions usually result in good results, and bad decisions usually result in bad consequences, but not always. Alas, bad things do happen to good people. Joe's three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, did not believe that. So they reasoned this way. Bad things happen to Job, therefore, he must have done something to deserve what happened to him. Surely he had. Well, in my work with the Services for the Blind for North Carolina, I talked with many, many people who felt like Job. They knew they were imperfect people who'd made their share of mistakes along the way, but they firmly believed they had done nothing to deserve blindness that arose from that dis and all the troubles that arose from that disability. Now, I would point out that, well, if you think about it, most blindness comes from three causes, disease, accident, and heredity. Heredity in my case. And none of those are fair, not a one. I told him that some people find answers in their faith. Some, a few find it in some sort of philosophy. And others, well, others learn to live with the question. Part of Job's complaint is that he cannot find God to present his case. If I go forward, he's not there. Backward, I can't perceive him. To the left, he hides, and I can't turn to the right and can't see him. Job's lament that he cannot find God anywhere. In a way, it's almost the opposite of what we read in the 139th Psalm, where the psalmist had said, where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. Well, one important lesson we learn from this book of Job is that people of faith still have doubts, still have questions that we struggle with. And Job shows us that saying hard and true things, asking real questions is part of being in relationship with Almighty God. So if I've got this straight, there have been times in your life, perhaps even now, when like Job, you felt that life had treated you unfairly and like Job, you wanted your case heard in court. You wanted to debate God. Good. Talking with God about your deepest concerns, your deepest doubts, your most excruciating pain, that is part of the walk with God. Remember what I said last week, that in the 23rd Psalm, the paths of righteousness do not lead directly from the green pastures to the house of the Lord. No, those righteous ruts go through the deepest, darkest valley, the valley of death. The good news of the 23rd Psalm is that when we walk these paths of righteousness, we walk with God. Job felt abandoned by God. And on the cross, even Jesus cried out, 
that verse from the 22nd Psalm, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And sometimes we may feel that way too. You see, the book of Job raises but doesn't exactly answer those thorny questions. But in the end, I think the best answer is not in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. And so I proclaim to you a new covenant, a new witness, a new testament, which the Apostle Paul wrote in the eighth chapter of Romans, saying, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Go forth into the world with compassion and justice in your heart. Give strength to the weak. Give voice to the silent. See one another. Hear, listen to one another, care for one another, and love one another. It's all that easy and it's all that hard. Now may the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.